Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Tired of the 9 to 5? Tired of only dreaming about the things you want to do? Want to have more time for your family? More time for you? More time for you? This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we interview qualified guests in the real estate industry all across Canada. We want you to live life on your terms, and we want to help you break through to that life through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Now your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Good day, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Really appreciate you tuning in and listening to uh, me and Sandy and uh, always have a great guest on. And speaking of Sandy, he's here with us again today. Hey, how you doing, Rob? Very good. How are you? Fantastic. And uh, could be better. New year. And excited to uh, to uh, officially hit our like nine year thing here. I think we're this month. We're officially nine years. So yeah, I'm you know what? You're right. By the time this comes out, it'll be past nine years. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm calling this the year of prosperity. That's what my wife okay. and I have decided. I like that. 2023, the year of prosperity. There we go. Well, I don't have a, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't have a word, but if I was going to make one on the spot here, I'm going to go with simplicity. That's my word. You can have prosperity. You can have prosperity. You can have prosperity through simplicity. I think that's very, very good. Yeah. Well, I, I've had no choice here, but to, to live that way. Cause my house is like probably, I don't know like a third of the size of my house <laughs> that we moved from. So we've had to really declutter and get rid of a lot of stuff. So simple in that, that way anyways. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what else is new? What else is new? Uh, well, I mean, simplicity, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make less new things <laughs> happen. Uh, that's, that's what's new. I'm, I've uh, been spending the holiday break kind of reflecting on past year and, and stuff and just looking at, looking at things that uh, have been um, maybe taking away energy from me and, uh, and not adding it. And I've been really focused on rather than, rather than anything new happening I'm focusing on getting rid of things that were new. <laughs> Uh, in the last while and just trying to remove stuff. I also, I moved to a bigger house in the last couple of years. And with that, just I like, this is not the main goal of what I'm doing, but you mentioned decluttering. And when you, when you go the opposite way and you move into a larger home, you end up with so much crap. Mm. And uh, yeah, sometimes that gets you in a habit of getting more crap from other places in life. Right. And you just end up with, well, I, I blame Amazon for that too. <laughs> it's so damn easy. And here yeah. we don't, it's very difficult to get Amazon packages delivered and the, uh, and the duty to bring them in is, is mm. very significant. It's probably like equal to the purchase price roughly if you're going to do the math. So we just go, Oh, well, we got to wait until somebody comes down and then ask them to bring the thing you need, you know, only so you don't, bother them too much so you end up with a lot less wants in that scenario, right which is okay. exactly i spent i spent yeah. a couple hours yesterday no not night yesterday a few days ago 
breaking down boxes in my garage. <laughs> and it's like Amazon box after Amazon box uh, that we've had. You know, I've just been tossing them in there for like <laughs> right six months or something or, or a year. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds to me like your yours is more the year of no then. I would say it's Try- more of a no than a yes year. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Because I've, I've heard of uh, other people where they go, okay, whatever somebody, they don't tell this publicly, obviously, but they decide, okay, whatever somebody throws at me, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, right. Right? And some people do that uh, that one. But I think that the, the, the year of no is just as important sometimes. Yeah, both, are, both have, a, have value. Both have yeah. value for sure. It's a, yeah, I'm, I would definitely be on the no side. Not to discourage any listeners from reaching out to me or wanting to talk to me about anything. It doesn't mean I'm going to say <laughs> hard no to everything. Um, but just, you know, be a little more thoughtful of how I, you know, what I bring into my world. That's all. Right, right. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and as usual, guys, go over to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. Listen to all the past episodes. Get in touch with all of our past guests. Hopefully they won't say no. You try to reach yeah. out to them and get our free gift. Yeah, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. Uh, you can pick that up and get on our email list so you never miss out on an episode or an event or a webinar or a property tour. On that note, I forgot to mention something, Rob. I am. Uh, we are launching uh, the Vaughn Investors Club here in the next couple of weeks, actually. And so that was uh, one thing I wanted to mention on this show. Probably it'll already have happened, our first event by the time this airs. Okay. Um, but we are uh, a couple partners and I, uh, actually one of our past guests, Martin Kuev uh, on the show and I are launching uh, that, uh, that meetup club in Vaughn, which, you know, looking around and doing some research since COVID, there's just a lot less of those, those, those kind of community, small, like intimate sort of groups that, uh, that have popped up. And so, yeah, there's a, a need for that in, in the Vaughn area and we decided to launch that. So we're excited to do that. Um, our next event would probably be February 15th uh, for those who are listening right as this episode comes out. And uh, yeah, you can pick that up somewhere in my social media world. You'll be able to find it. <laughs> I love when you promote. You never yeah. know like where to send anybody. You don't know the, you don't know the website or anything? Or I do know the website. Vaughninvestorsclub.com. Vaughninvestorsclub.com. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Cool. That's awesome. And, uh, and, and everybody listening as well, go over to iTunes, rate and review the show. You know, it helps us, uh, give us five stars. Let us know what kind of things you want to hear on upcoming episodes and, uh, maybe guest suggestions, whatever it is that you want to say, go over there on iTunes and leave us that rating or review. And that's it. Absolutely. Let's get to the show. Awesome. Let's do it. We got, uh, we got Zach Cahill here standing by. Welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks for having me, Sandy and Rob. It's a pleasure to be here, and I can't believe it's been nine years since you guys started the show. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's crazy. <laughs> Very crazy. Well, Zach, uh, you and your team, you've built up uh, your investment, you and your investment, oh, sorry, you've helped your investment partners create passive income through real, real estate, strategic real estate investing, while providing simple home ownership solutions to families and inv- individuals, primarily across Northern Ontario. Uh, in that last five years, you built out a portfolio. You've got 50 plus rent to own projects completed uh, or completed or in progress. Um, 80 plus multifamily units uh, under management. I think you said 60 plus million of, uh, of assets under management is what that equates to. So you've done a great, great job in Northern Ontario, um, smaller communities. I guess Sudbury's not as, as small of a community as, as, uh, as a lot of others in Northern Ontario, but uh but we, it's been a while since we've talked to someone in that, in that area, the kind of Northern Ontario. So we're excited to learn a bit about, you know, how you've done that in that market and, uh, and accomplish some of these cool numbers. So welcome again to the show. And yeah, welcome. Thanks guys. Thanks. Just a small, small hint is it's uh, 16 million. I will let you know when I get 16. to 60 million. Sorry. It shouldn't be that far off, but just for the listeners to clarify. But that's uh, my, that's my Southern Ontario numbers. Trying 80 yeah. plus years. I'm like, oh, that's six. It made sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, all good. So yeah, why don't you share a little bit more about uh, how you got started in real estate investing? Yeah, thanks, Sandy. So um, honestly, when I grew up, I, I uh, like didn't know anything about real estate uh, finances. I remember having one specific conversation with my dad about a mortgage. And he told me that, you know, if your mortgage payment was $1,000, 
one dollar went to principal and 999 went to <laughs> and after hearing that you know it wasn't so attractive so i kind of went through my life just uh i i really liked excitement so when i was going through school it's kind of boring and i ended up getting into the the paramedic um, field because it was interesting it was exciting got to drive around in an ambulance with the lights on and when i graduated in in 2013 2014 it was extremely challenging to get a job i ended up applying pretty well everywhere throughout ontario and i had a call from a place called espanola ontario which turns out is roughly an hour from sudbury so i drove up there with with my my father and pretty well did like a few days of interviews and lo and behold i ended up getting a part-time job so i left my fiance in london because that's where i was from and i just moved up and stayed in a literally like a room in a house and just thought I was going to come back down in a few months, right? When when jobs would open up down south, and lo and behold, within six months, I got a full time job. Um, and there was a catch to that. The catch was it was actually four hours north of Sudbury in a town of a hundred people. <laughs> so I I literally went from this you know really busy life in London to just sitting on my butt in literally like a shoebox of an ambulance base with one paramedic partner and we would stay there for five days and maybe do one ambulance call so it's safe to say there was a lot of video games being played and then one day my partner introduced me to robert kiyosaki rich that poor dad he uh, my paramedic partner he had a couple buildings in timmins which was not too far from where i was working and after basically reading that book um yeah really and i'm sure a lot of people can relate to that right it really just flicked a switch in my brain. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? What is this passive income assets, liabilities, and, and just dove in at that point in 20, really like early 2015 of just learning everything I could. Hence, you know, listening to your guys's podcast was one of the first that I, I listened to along with a few others and, and YouTube videos, um, you know, audio books, because I, I was literally on the road, like four hours just to get to work. And there was two strategies that really stood out for me. One was, you know, the value add, being able to buy something, you know, increase the rents, increase the value just by doing strategic renovations. Um, and it seemed easy enough at the time. And, you know, that was the that was the route I took for my, my first property, which I purchased in 2017. Um, it was it was a six unit apartment that we actually added a seventh unit to it. Um, again, I, I worked with a real estate agent who was doing exactly what I wanted to do. I think that's really important. You know, when you're getting into it, you want to find someone that's doing what you want to do. So after kind of working with the agent, analyzing lots of different deals, that's the that's the position I took. Um, it took around, honestly, like eight to 12 months to do the full renovation and the refi. And I was still in Foliette where, where I was working, like twiddling my thumbs, like going stir crazy, like where's the next deal, right? Um, so that's when I kind of went back to the drawing board. I was like, okay, like, how do I keep growing this portfolio? And at this time, I've had the sevenplex for like a few months now, right? And I've just noticed like I'm getting calls, um, there's maintenance breaks, like this whole passive income story that I kind of was sold, like wasn't really working out so well at that time. So I was like, I need another strategy. And that's where, where I really love the rent to own. You know, not only you're helping someone become a homeowner, but we're also making great passive income and more importantly, consistent, right? There's not a break in the toilet or, you know, plumbing fix, et cetera. So I, I got training from a previous legacy coach who was basically the instructor for Robert Kiyosaki, like teaching the, you know, creative financing. She had like 200 of these houses across Canada. And I was like, again, who better to learn from? Um, you know, studied with her for over a year, still talk to her this day and really fine tuned the rent own strategy and, and started that business in 2018 and just been really building both sides of those businesses up. Um, 2020 ish, we kind of ran into a wall of just how to find more deals because everyone was investing like it's something like buying everything over asking. So we started a wholesaling division to help us find more properties for for ourselves, our investors, and also for our tenant buyers. And that's kind of where we're at today. You know, there's been a property management business kind of just created out of the out of the woodworks just to manage everything. And yeah, most of the portfolio is in Sudbury, but we, we have expanded the rent to own investing to other areas of Ontario and Canada. And yeah, things are going really well. I know that was a pretty well long oh, story. That was great. 
<laughs> now, what strategies are you focused on now? Are, are you impl- are you staying with rent to own? You implementing anything else? Yeah, great question. So right now, the the focus is rent to own, and it's also helping other investors find off market properties in Sudbury. That's the focus. My eighty unit portfolio is is kind of on hold right now, to be honest, because there's lots of renovations going on in that. Um, just to give you an idea, like we have almost ten vacant units. We're also flipping like three properties simultaneously right now. So our capacity to take on new projects is kind of at its max so that, but we don't want to, you know, destroy our pipeline of these deals coming in. So now we're just working with other investors who want to do projects themselves actively or potentially passive investing in the, in the rental. So when you started the wholesaling thing, you want to, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, in my opinion, it's like, one of the keys to real estate is, you know, being able to find a good deal, right? If you're able to really find a good deal, you know, typically the money's going to come, the people are going to come to execute it, execute it. So it actually started off because I was running a, a real estate meetup. Shoot, this would have probably been 2018, 2019, like a super rookie just started a real estate meetup group in suburbs. It's like, I need to meet more people. I ended up meeting two of my business partners that, you know, teamed up with me on the wholesaling division. So um, both of them are located, born and raised in Sudbury. They're the boots on the ground. Um, we have like our lead acquisition specialist, Brett, who's like going to all the properties. And then we have John kind of doing the project management and then my role in the investor space. So, you know, we hit the one difference for us, like we hit the ground, like the pavement and actually door knock, you know, a lot of physical advertisement, like not, none of this virtual wholesaling, like we see every property um, in person. And more importantly, nine times out of 10, we're making cash offers on that property. Meaning, you know, if we wouldn't buy it ourselves, why would we sell it to another investor? And that's kind of the philosophy we've had. Um, even with the market changing the way it did, you know, we got we got stuck with five, six properties that normally would have been wholesaled. Um, but we chose to close on every single deal. And it's just, you know, that's the type of philosophy and the relationship building of the business. And from that, you know, we could have backed out on some deals and left some sellers hang and dry, but we closed on everything and we, ex- and we're just finishing up the last flip that's going to hit the market uh, later this month. Right. And just doing that and just being true to our word has just, we've seen leaps and bounds in terms of referrals from other homeowners and just people that want to work with us. Right. So. So what was that point where you where you said you were left with six properties you were trying to wholesale? So when did that happen? Yeah, this was, was at like- the uh, you know at the top of the year, um, top of this year. You know, typically with you know wholesaling, like you know some of our closings were three to four months down the road of when we had that initial accepted offer, right? Mm-hmm. And we knew the market was shifting, so you know we we were we were like the properties we had accepted offers, they were still good deals. But, you know, by the time they were closing four months later, the spread was, you know, wiped out. Right. And instead of using like one of our backup clauses and just getting out of the deal and leaving the sellers high and dry, we, we just closed on it anyway. And we, we just invested the time, right. Um, even John and Brett jumping into actual helping the contractors with renovations. One of the codes in our business is just doing whatever it takes. And that's like literally what we did. Right. And, uh, yeah, there was definitely a time owning five, six properties, all with uh, high interest financing, right? But we we made it happen. A couple of them got flipped to rent to own tenants. A couple of them got just got fixed and flipped. And uh, a couple just got sold as is with no work. Just uh, We just didn't make much money on them, but it was just a matter of putting out the fire, right? Hmm. What would you say are some of the big challenges that you've run into so far? Yeah. So, I mean, that like just the market shift in general. Um, so on a wholesaling front, you know, we went to working with like thousands of investors that we would post deals to and, you know, they would just accept them to having crickets when we posted deals. So we had the, the that was kind of the challenge, the market and how we overcame that is we really have just pivoted, right? Instead of trying to work with, you know, thousand different investors, we've just selected you know, 20, 25 investors that are repeat buyers in Sudbury and we just funnel them deals. And, you know, it's not even about making the biggest spread. It's, it's actually just about relationships, you know, building those relationships, offering the value, offering the deals. Um, 
So that was a, a ginormous pivot that we've done. And it, it just basically got implemented in the last month or so. So, when, you know, just getting real clear on like who the buyers are in Sudbury, right? And not the buyers like that have the teams to execute the projects, which is another, you know, challenge too, right? Because you have all these investors who want to buy deals, but they don't have the, the teams to execute. And I was telling Sandy this yesterday, right? Like, um, you know, there's some examples of investors buying your properties and, they're still vacant. They haven't been renovated, right? So we're really getting clear on the the people that we're working to, with on the wholesale front. Sounds more uh, sounds in line with my uh, my word of the year there. I guess it's, it sounds a lot more simple, simple and easy. And uh, yeah, and in often what exactly what you're explaining there makes it give a lot. Of, we see a lot of people, and we've had I've done this in in variation, you know, in various ways too. And and lots of people we've had on our show or seen at events and whatnot, they. You know, they talk about all the different growth things they're doing and all this, and people get. I think I see a lot of a lot of people in my world at least seem to be waking up to this more recently. I don't know if this is if you guys are seeing this too, but just see a lot of comments around social media and stuff around, um, you know, not going just for numbers and all this, and just that business that is focused on a smaller group often, and people that you know can do business and close and 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 that you know just focusing on that relationship. Versus ten relationships at once, exactly. Ten half-assed versus one, you know, really great relationship partnership. Like, generally, those are the best businesses, anyways. Uh, Definitely, and, and run the best and and best value for everyone involved, right? It, yeah, and then we got our meet, real estate meetup group. So, what better other way just to have these people out, our buyers out for a meetup group, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. it's actually really just fun, to be honest. If there's one word about it, but. You know, I couldn't agree more about both of your words about, you know, the, the really making it simple. Um, and that's what we've done. And, you know, that was really the biggest challenge with Cyber home buyers, and, you know, simultaneously with Rent Live Own and, and like really any rent to own company, part of the exit strategy on that is selling properties for more money back to the tenants, right? And what happens if the house isn't worth that buyback price that you're setting, right? And that was a other huge concern but the thing about us is you or anyone really needs to have that you know you need to have that vision that foresight of you know the market right so already like a year ago we were planning on what to do if the market did what it's doing right now and we came up with a way to continue doing rent to owns even in a market that's actually depreciating or or it's not appreciating right and you know we're not going to really go too much in detail on this call but you know, we're always adapting, pivoting, like really focused on the mission first. Like, how do we continue setting up these rent to owns in good faith when we, we're not 100% on what the market's going to be, right? So what happens if, insert, you know, insert concern. So that's the kind of route we took and, you know, a lot of legal work, a lot of legal expenses. But, you know, we, we've, I think we've solved that, that issue to even do rent to owns if the, the prices don't even appreciate, which is like once you're able to stand by your product like that, you know, it's... It, it's not even selling like we're just here to help more families and the residual effect of that is passive income. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, finding, you know, having foresight on that. So you're, you're playing, it, maybe the market wasn't going to, if it didn't act like it is now and it was, you know, all, all great and going up and up and up. I mean, you wouldn't have to deal with it, but you'd have that backup exit plan and strategy there in case whenever this happens, because the market's going to ebb and flow obviously uh, over time and you're going to end up in this, market run right now again at some point um so that was inevitable uh so kudos to you for doing that i want to i want to go back really briefly because um i was going to ask this earlier and then we got ahead of ourselves here but there was um something in your initial story that was uh i found interesting i'm sure there's lots of listeners out there that you know we have listeners all across the all across the country and some of them are in remote places i get i have emails with people and stuff back and forth from people living in places i've never heard of um, Northern Alberta and these, you know, places that are small towns and small places. And your story probably resonates with a lot of those folks who are, um, you know, living somewhere where they don't think real estate investing is really possible. Not, I know Sudbury is quite a bit bigger, but you mentioned living in, um, I forget what town you said, but four hours north or yeah. hours north in a, you know, a hundred people uh, in a town. And yet you found a way to do some deals and make stuff happen. What was, uh, what would be some advice you'd give to someone out there? in a similar scenario that, I mean, you, 
your story had a good example there of who you're who you're hanging around with really matters because your your partner in that case was already doing some of this stuff and and obviously rubbed off on you. Uh, yeah. But if someone else is sitting out there and listening to this or listening to something else and they and they've you know they're kind of on their own, they're going like, "What the heck am I supposed to do in this small town of hundred people?" You know, how do you make stuff happen out of that environment? Yeah, like uh, I think I'm gonna answer this well. So I mean, the first thing for me is really just. Cause you got to have that why, right? You got to be committed. Um, you know, things are going to get tough. They always do. There's going to be bad deals, but it's your why that's going to kind of keep you on track. So, you know, if you're sitting there and you got that, why you got that drive, like that, that's, that's step one. Um, and I think once you have that, what worked really well for me was getting super disciplined with my time. And this is something that's just kept evolving. Even to this day, just getting more disciplined, more disciplined, more focused. Um, because there's just there's a lot of time in the day, right? And you know, if, you, if you're getting up at 4:35 in the a.m., which I highly recommend, you know, doing your nine to five day job, like there's more than an ample enough time in the day to to start your side hustle. And you don't just quit. You don't just quit your main thing and go on your side hustle. You keep your main thing. You you keep working at your side hustle, and eventually there'll be this, you know, there'll, there'll just be this kind of fork in the road where it's like. You're going to feel ter- you're going to feel terrified, <laughs> and, and you're just going to go towards your why, right? And uh, yeah, not we won't really go into mine, but you know there was a t- like just being disciplined and having that that why and that drive, you know, every single day, hanging around people that doing what you're doing. Maybe it's not physically hanging around because you're stuck in a you know small town, but you're still tuning in your your brain like your tuning forks with podcasts and personal development right? Like that is key because there's very few percentage of the population that are, that are like, you know, real estate investors and entrepreneurs. Well, I like how you answered that question, right? Because you didn't, you didn't say, oh yeah, like it's really difficult. You got to figure out a way in the small location. You focused on yourself and your actions and you, you sort of in, in what I'm taking away from it is maybe a little harder to get started, where there's not as much opportunity, but if you are in a place like that and you stick with it and you focus and you say, I'm going to do this, then eventually you will. If I'm taking exactly. away, right. What you're saying. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, we, it's virtual now too, right? We got the internet. You don't actually have yeah. to be buying necessarily properties in that town that you're in, but uh, maybe once a month you're visiting a, you know, a, a another small town, but maybe it's a little bit bigger and there's some deals to be, you know, some, some deals to be had. Well, I think the small town is interesting too, because you got um, a lot more, uh, I don't know, the prices are a little lower, right? Easier barrier of entry too. So Yeah. And, and typically more cash flow, right? Yeah. So let's talk about, you said most of your stuff is in Sudbury. And what is there something about the Sudbury market or was it just the proximity? I know you said it's not necessary to to focus on a place that's close to you, but is there something about it that makes it unique or a good place to invest in? Yeah. So, I mean, when I started investing in 2017, that was kind of when I did, uh, you know, the due diligence of the market. And I, I pretty confident it's like one of the only cities in northern Ontario that's still growing in terms of population. Um one of the biggest things, usually how I explain Sudbury is, you know, it started off, whatever, 150 plus years ago as a mining town. And I don't think, well, I don't even probably realize the true extent of this, but like we're like top three, four places in the entire world in terms of uh, mineral density, like mining capital of Canada. So there is like so much mining and technologies related to that. Um, it's absurd. And on top of that, you know, We've in the last like, you know, five, 10 years, there's been other growth like the CRA, the healthcare, multiple colleges, universities, um, even the, the, you know, the main highways going up to Sudbury, all that's getting widening to, uh, to four lanes down to Perry Sound. So I think it's like the perfect hybrid market where you're getting cash flow and appreciation. And for me, I was a firm believer with my investment strategies that it needs to cash flow. Like I find just investing on appreciation alone is like pure speculating, right? So it's kind of that hybrid market where you're getting the best of both worlds. And yeah, as we've, as we've seen just with 
you know, everywhere, everywhere, the price of COVID. The other thing I'll mention too, because this is super interesting, because I think right now talking to other investors, you know, everyone thinks the market's just kind of gone down 20, 30%, like all of Canada, um, which to some point it's true. But if you look at the purchase prices in Sudbury, let's say from like 200,000, 300,000, 400,000, that market actually hasn't shifted much. And the reason for it is because there's just a lot of buyers that can qualify for these properties, right? If you're making $70,000 of income, you could be buying these properties. So um, it is Sudbury because it works perfectly for the rent to own strategy. And as we expand in our rent to own business, we're looking for other markets that are similar to Sudbury because it's just the perfect market to do rent to owns with the purchase prices. And it also gives us the the generational wealth for the multifamilies too, just because, you know, it has those fundamentals in the market. Yeah. You can like the average, I don't have this stat offhand at all, but average income in Sudbury is probably pretty, pretty high compared to a lot of places, certainly compared to most other towns in Northern Ontario. Um, And the, and the home prices are not certainly not Southern Ontario uh, uh, numbers, probably 50% of, of what a, maybe even less than 50% of what a, a Southern Ontario market would bring. So you're all these issues you see in Southern Ontario around affordability maybe is, is slightly there in Sudbury, but certainly not to the same extent. Right. So you're making uh, a family making a hundred, hundred and what, 120, 150 K as a dual income family household can certainly qualify for those. Yeah. Definitely. 300, 400, you know, yeah. even, even more than that. Uh, I'm homes where that's the biggest problem in a lot of Southern Ontario communities for home for people want to for wannabe homeowners is the numbers just don't work right and it's just really challenging to get into home ownership so i i agree it makes perfect sense for a rent to own uh model uh, what do you need to, to to run your business or to run any rent to own business what do you need what are the main team members or partners or what are those main elements of, of that business yeah yeah definitely so um i would recommend like you, you're definitely going to want to find a, a coach or someone that can walk you through the process um, I think I would recommend really like that to any real estate investing strategy because it's almost like you're getting a you know a direct line. Um, I I don't personally coach it at all. Don't definitely don't have the time to do that. But uh, the the key players are, are definitely going to be your you know your mortgage broker. You're going to need to have a mortgage broker who's familiar with rent to owns, knows how to qualify clients like on rent to owns because I would say that's your your key piece, right? Because if you're not qualifying the rent to own tenant buyers correctly, like to get into your program, they're not going to be able to get out of your program, right? You're going to be, you know, stuck in it or, or failed. Um, with, after that, you're going to definitely want to build your legal team. So, you know, you're going to want to find a lawyer who has experience in rent to own. There, there's definitely a few out there that, uh, you know, because there, there's quite a few contracts in the rent to own as well. Um, I'm not going to get through those details, but the mortgage broker, the lawyer, definitely <laughs> the two most. Um, from there, I actually expanded into, you know, really finding real estate agents because, you know, you want to have a real estate agent on your team that also understands the strategy, right? So, you know, we got real estate agents on our team, um, credit counselors, like credit repair agents that can work with our tenant buyers. You know, they're on the team as well. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you're going to need investors. <laughs> Cool. Uh, yeah, the mortgage broker certainly uh, certainly is a key one, right? Because you got to your your model is a tenant first rental model, correct? Correct. Yeah. Can you explain I, the uh, difference between that and a, and a um, uh, property yeah. first? So a property first rent to own, you know, typically uh, they they are they are much like more unsuccessful, yeah. and and usually typically the reason for that is you know you buy a property, you fix it, you know, you put it on, up for a rent to own. Um, you know, maybe the first or second month, like you don't get many applications. And then like by the third or fourth month, like, you know, you're really just to take anyone who who applies for the rent to own because you need to get someone in there. Right. So that's usually why like the property first, um, you know, you might not have the full screening. So on a tenant first, like the reason why this strategy is by far the best is because you want them to be emotionally committed to the property. Okay. So if you're doing a tenant first rent to own, for, we still say we do a tenant first rental. We still show them properties that we own, but the kicker is they can pick any house that they want. It doesn't have to be our house. Okay. So we want them to be emotionally committed to the property because they're picking it. They're the one going to be living there. Um, 
and, and financially committed because they're giving us the like the down payment, right? The, their initial option consideration. So I find when you have those two, like the financial and the emotional commitment, they're the type of people that if something goes wrong, they're calling you the next day being like, you know, don't sell the house. They have a very strong why, you know, so that's kind of a, yeah, a little bit tidbit. We really focus on that. What's the tenant for is why, like why they want to become a homeowner and then let them do the the tenant first and pick their own house. So they're, they're really committed. Um, this uh, small point there, I was curious, do you have your tenant buyers that you end up connecting with? Are they typically local or are they coming from out of town, like from Southern Ontario or somewhere else? Uh, yeah, great I would say 70, 70% are local, 30% are actually moving to Sudbury, which, uh, which is also goes on your point of asking about the market, right? Like Sudbury has jobs, which mm-hmm. is like kind of the first step, right? When you have jobs and people are moving to your city. So, you know, we can tell firsthand just by the rent live own and how many rent to own, how many people we've seen just, just moving to Sudbury on the, on the rent to own programs. Right. And that's a huge people, number. That's a big yeah. percentage. And, and these people that are moving, though, they need more guidance from your real estate agent because they don't know the city. Sure. Right. So you need you need to have that player on the team so that they can help navigate the good areas. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned yeah, you mentioned that um, that you're providing good deals for other investors in the area via like the wholesale, uh, the wholesale offering them wholesale deals. What other ways are you working with investors? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Uh, so the other side of the rent to own model is like we talked about the tenants, but the other side is actually the investor, right? So we work with investors who, you know, just to back up, like one of the biggest learning lessons for me is getting into the real estate game. Like I thought it was going to be, like I said, passive income. Quickly, I realized that buying a rental property is like starting a business, <laughs> literally starting a small business. And it's a lot of work. There's lots of different avenues. So I work with investors who want to own real estate, but not want to have the headaches. Right. And from like they can work on rent to own properties where, you know, you have a tenant taking care of everything. And then you also have us, you know, if you're looking at like an Oreo, like you have the tenant, you have the investor. We're kind of the cream filling in the middle that do all the work and hold everyone together. Right. Um, We also work with investors who, you know, maybe maybe just want to be a private lender. Like I mentioned, we're closing, like we've closed on properties ourselves to fix and flip um, and other investors we know and are reputable are doing the same thing. So we also help, you know, investors that just want to loan money, get involved that way too, in summary. Um, with the investing, just one more point there, like with the rent to own investing, we do have some investors that, you know, might not want to invest in Sudbury and that's fine because we have projects in other areas of Canada um, but, you know, typically we're looking at two hundred to six hundred thousand dollars in purchase prices for the rent to own. So, yeah, you mentioned you, you started to venture a little bit out, outside of, or not a little bit, pretty far outside of Sudbury. How, how did that come to be? Uh, and yeah, what was that? Was that just you come across, you know, a good tenant buyer that's qualified and it made sense and they want to move to you know, yeah. wherever? Yeah, great question. So I'm a firm believer of the, the mission first in a business. Right. And our mission in Rent Lavone pretty aggressive. We want to help 10,000 families become homeowners by 2030. And, you know, when we have a family just reaching out to us, that's like, no one else can help them. You know, they're in Calgary. They just found us online. We don't even advertise there. You know, we're not going to say no. Right. So we, we would do whatever it took. Right. Cause that's one of our codes and you know, we help them out. And then the same thing somehow happened in Newfoundland and Nova Scotia. Um, you know, we've done some Muskoka area, Peterborough area, but yeah, like, you know, at the end of the day, if we get the right client, again, tenant first, you know, we're, we're willing to go wherever, as long as the market makes sense, of course, right? As long as it's going to be set up for success, right? Yeah, that's the real key to that, the, the rental strategies is finding the qualified tenant buyers that are, because then it, you know, locations, I mean, once you have, once you have a bit of that model built out, you, you can find, uh, I mean, mortgage brokers can work anywhere across Canada, right? You can find yeah. a local realtor, it any market like you know there's obviously difference in quality but you can find someone who can you know be capable of putting a deal like this together um the mortgage broker and the tenant buyer kind of are the big keys at the start right because you mortgage brokers can go anywhere they need to be there to help and support the 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 tenant to the process of buying it eventually and then and then uh and then finding that good tenant buyer that seems to be what most people 
struggle with. And, and, you know, if that's, that's really the, the first piece, right. Find that person. And then. Yeah, no, exactly. And that it is the most challenging by far, you know, for us, it's, it's a, it's, it's a numbers game. You know, every, a lot of people want to do rent to owns, but very small percentage would actually be set up for success. Right. So, you know, we're, we're getting like 15, 2000 people to our website just in Sudbury, you know, a month, 500 applications, you know, from those 500, we maybe buy two houses. Right. So it's a lot of work, man. It's a, it's a lot of work for sure. But the best leads typically come from mortgage brokers and, and, and real estate agents, for sure. That's right. how we started. The, like I started the business. It was just networking with mortgage agents, real estate agents, you know, trying to help more of their clients. Uh, and have you seen an uptick in, in lead flow uh, around this topic in the last six months, a year, just based on the market? Yeah. In the last few months, we've seen an uptick for sure. Just more, more challenging um, mm -hmm. to get mortgages, right? Like... Yeah, like people just not being able to get approved for what they need, um, in which case, like, to be honest, most cases, we still can't even help them. But, uh, you know, yeah, the lenders are getting more strict, obviously. And, you know, they're finding other stuff they're doing. We just had one yesterday about uh, they did like a, another credit check, like literally the day before closing and the CMHC just pulled the financing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't know that was possible. But, uh, you know, they're, the banks are kind of doing that. And a lot of realtors just know us as the deal savers and they just call us when the deal's falling apart and <laughs> put it back together. I like that. Um, tell us, uh, you, you mentioned your real, you mentioned your meetup club. Tell us about that. Yeah. So again, uh, there is a meetup group in Sudbury, but it was more directed to like, you know, landlords and it's virtual and you're listening to paralegals. So when I kind of, when I first got to Sudbury, uh, you know, I, I definitely engaged in that group and it was great, but I wanted to create a more of an investor community where we can just, you know, get value from some key speakers and, and just network. So that's what I ran with, like really early on in, in 2018, pretty well monthly up until. Uh, and again, we're starting with like three people, four people, five people. And uh, until, until COVID, like no, no word of a lie. Our best event was like days before the, the pandemic like was announced. And we had like 35 people and it was a panel. It was awesome. And then it all got shut down. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't a fan of virtual, to be honest. So we, we just kind of closed it down. And uh, we've just now fired it back up. We did a, we just did an event uh, last year in November. And we're planning on running events for 2023. And again, it's just, yeah, usually a, a monthly monthly thing or every couple months. And, you know, we got investors coming from North Bay and, you know, I think even one from Barry actually came up. So it's been good. And we've got a, a good round of speakers this year too. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Where would people go to learn about it? Uh, yeah. So uh, we do have a, a Facebook page, Cyber Real Estate Investors Association. Okay. And we also have a meetup group at meetup.com. So if you type in Cyber Real Estate Investing, like we're like kind of the first links there in Google. And, um, or, or just email me directly and I can definitely get you on the, the roster for 2023. Perfect. That sounds great. We'll get more of your contact info right at the end of the show. Um, where do you see your business going in the future now? Same, more of the same or? Uh, uh, yeah, great question. So I got big plans and aspirations. So, I mean, right now we're, we're really just using Sudbury as a testing ground for our rent live own business model. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of moving parts in the business and we're, we're really just trying to use Sudbury as, you know, that, that stopping ground to build the scalable business. And our goal is to take it across Canada into, you know, every city that we can, that makes sense from a, you know, investment standpoint. Um, the multifamily portfolio in the Sudbury, like I mentioned, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of on hold. Um, but we are already in talks and we were speaking with Sandy about this already. We were in talks with uh, a lawyer. We want to we want to continue to buy multifamily. So we're in talks with a lawyer to, uh, you know, maybe not put together a REIT or a fund, but we're going to be putting together something to kind of get us started and, you know, acquire more, you know, bigger multis in Sudbury to start. And we're going to continue doing the, the wholesale model as well. Like my thoughts is, uh, again, just keeping it it's simple and like laser focused to one area and just getting all the kinks out and then taking that model to, to a different city. I find that's kind of been the vision from a 
kind of the, the vision that's pivoted. Because to be honest, I, I originally wanted to start and just go Canada wide and quickly realize like, let's just get the systems dialed in, you know, let's get them all dialed in in Sudbury and then we'll move to a different city. But I like that because it's ex- as expandable as you want it to be, uh, you know, and, and so that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, it's uh, yeah, it's just a great market and there's lots of opportunities. And I, I do find like just having all of like the wholesaling, the multifamily, the rent to own, the property management, like the contractors all within like, you know, driving distance, like 20, 30 minutes will be there. You know, it's it's hard to go to a different city. Right. Because it's like, you know, we're just so confident in, in this one. Just with the team. Yeah. It's a city the size of Sudbury. How many people are in Sudbury? Is there like about 150,000? Yeah. 160, 170. 160? Yeah. There's enough people in a, in a market that size, which most, not everyone, most Canadians are within, you know, an hour of, of some, some sort of market like that. Um, there's lots to, you can become, you can build up a massive portfolio of properties and, and, and opportunities and everything in that sort of market. You don't yeah. need to come to a Toronto. Yeah. That, that's a thought we have every day, man. It's like, do we even need to leave? <laughs> like yeah. maybe the rent to own could leave. Right. Cause that's like more, uh, you can do that more virtually, but maybe the wholesales and the multifamily is just stick in cyber. And- uh, you know, there's, you could, you could go pros and cons on that for a while, but uh, there's something, there's something good about owning. Like, you can kind of really, own your space really well if he's focused on a on a market like that you can really become you know that that player who just kind of owns everything because it's really hard for people to break through you know someone who's got that sort of territory covered and yeah anyways there's that there's value in, in both models but um so yeah somebody's got lots of opportunity there i think uh, it's a good enough market to 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 do almost whatever you could possibly want and, and so it's uh it's a great market um What's the best piece of advice or information or, you know, a tip or a quote or something that you've heard that's really helped you along the way? Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to try not to repeat myself because honestly, uh, yeah, like my, my biggest one is definitely like, you know, the why. Um, you know, I like to, when I do usually like investor presentations, I go into, uh, you know, the three pillars of investing with, you know, our foundation and, the, the strategy, right? The laser focused strategy and, and the exits, right? And I think those are all like super valuable pieces on its own, like having the right foundation, having the right team for the strategy that you want to implement, right? We talked about that today. Then being laser focused on the specific strategy you, you want to implement because there was a time where I was, it sounds like kind of probably chaotic for listeners, but there was a time where this was, uh, you know, I like by myself, I had a like flip on the go, multifamily conversion on the go, rent to own companies on the go. And I didn't have that laser focus, right? And everything just didn't, everything didn't go as planned, right? It was just fine. And my attention was pulled in too many directions. Kind of like this call started off about simplicity and laser focus. So now the focus is like, um, now that I have business partners, they're able to have their laser focus. I have my laser focus and it's like a true game changer. So when you're first starting out, you need to like, what is your laser focus investment strategy going to be and literally say no to everything else. And as, as soon as you like write down your goal on that piece of paper, the universe is going to text you the next, next day and give you an opportunity that you're going to have to say no to. And yeah. And us entrepreneurs, we're yes, man. Right. Like yeah. we like to say yes. And yeah. that's, you know, that's uh, kind of got myself into this and just owning all these different businesses, but you know, it ended up working out just finding partners. Um, let next thing would be your exits. So again, when I, I didn't mention this on the call, but I, I did a flip in 2018, lost tens of thousands of dollars. And it was strictly because again, not having the laser focus, but not having the exit strategies, right? I only had a plan a buy it and sell it. So, you know, exit strategies are a huge component of what we do now, like massive, you know, every deal we enter in, it's like four five, six exit strategies. Right. And so that's kind of your triangle three pieces, but the actual thing in the middle, man, is, is the why it's like, why you're doing everything, why you're getting out of bed, you know, and I can't stress that enough, right? Like it's, uh, there's going to be challenges and roadblocks and everything that you're doing. And I think you can really be successful in pretty well, like any real estate investment strategy that you're doing, right? As long as you're focused on that and become the expert and can, and can execute it. 
So, you know, just build that why. And then from there, you'll be able to choose a strategy that aligns with your why, right? As opposing to choosing a strategy and then trying to make that support your why. So if that, mm -hmm. if you guys are following. So yeah, that would definitely be my, my pieces of advice. Well, it's good because, you know, there is plenty of shiny objects in real estate. And especially when you're first starting out, you know, you hear about one. And then the next time you go back to your real estate club, you're going to hear about something else and you're going to hear about something else. And, and it just goes on and on and on. So I, I really like that. And I think that that is important, too. Not to say that you can't be successful, like branching out spreading out and 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 uh and whatever but i think that there is a lot of power and focus for sure definitely and when you are starting out like i think it is in some extent to say yes to a few different things so you can get your feet wet with the understanding that like you know you're gonna have to contract at some point yeah totally agree well zach how can people get in touch with you yeah uh thanks rob so best way is actually probably by text message they could text me at 705-562-9518 or email me directly at zach z-a-c-h at rent live own.ca that would Perfect. be the best ways yeah thank you so much for joining us today really really appreciate you sharing all this stuff yeah rob and sandy honestly yeah. it's a pleasure it's uh it's like a dream come true, to be honest. I know that probably sounds cheesy, but, you know, I've listening for like eight years. It's, uh, it's kind of cool. Oh, you're the one person. Eight years. Nice. <laughs> Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, awesome. Yeah. No, this is great. Thanks, Zach. Uh, get in touch with me. Actually, I'm changing it up again. I'm going back to an older email address, so transitioning there. So I'm going to – this is the first episode in a couple of years probably that I've – or a year at least that I've put out this email which has always been going, but they can go back and start emailing me at sandy at mckayrealtynetwork.com um, or okay. find me anywhere across the social media platforms and DM me that way. Right on. And people, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say that uh, we're doing a lot of cool things around here. We're, we're getting more into the development stuff and got a couple projects on the go right now. Um, if anyone... And, if anyone's interested in, in hearing about it, learning about it, and uh, maybe even getting involved, just uh, reach out and, and uh, drop me an email, rob at mrbreakthrough.ca, and we'll talk. Awesome. And, uh, well, that's it, I guess. Another one <laughs> under the belt. There you go. Great show. Great start to 2023. And um, thanks again. Yeah, we're going to keep doing these. We're going to stay focused on doing that. That's the takeaway from today. Stay focused, guys. See you next time. You've been listening to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. And we hope you've been inspired to take control and live life on your terms. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And don't forget to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.